place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Well, hello there. You are listening to the Sunspots Comics podcast, issue number 66. Thank you so much for joining us, and welcome. And let me tell you, this is going to be covering New Comic Book Day, August 3rd. And this bad boy is a deliciously packed breakfast burrito of comic book fun stuff, let me tell you. And uh, thank you so much for joining in, and please tell a friend to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. And speaking of thank you, I just want to thank Nick Papa George for making our awesome Sunspots Comics theme song. Thank you very much. Check him out. He's an amazing musician at facebook.com slash popdees and, un- and on Instagram at pop underscore dees. And also thank you to my son Jables. Yo. <laughs> Jables for uh, doing our work on Sunspots Comics for our blog. And uh, you can check it out at blog.sunspotscomics.com. And please follow him on Instagram at just la kings you having fun with that blog oh yeah um i have been really stewing over it and i want to put more out so uh mm, stew you know uh <laughs> hopefully i, I want to get like a um one of one of you know the justin at sunspotscomics.com emails What's maybe happening? answer some of your guys' stuff uh it's in the works but yeah What's your latest blog on? Tell the folks. Uh, well, it's going to be on Suicide Squad, but uh, that's the one that's coming up. The one that I just posted uh, most recently was um, my top five uh, Marvel comic book movies. So uh, Very good, check by that the way. out. Thank you. I dug it. Uh, I reread it, and there's some typos that I you know, should correct. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, check it out. Um, Where is it again? It's on uh, blog.sunspotscomics.com. Excellent, excellent. So let's jump right into Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue 66. Uh, again, thank you, welcome, and thanks for joining and being the co-host on this episode. What's going on? Let's get it. Always a good time, and I hope to steal you and have you as a regular thing more often. <laughs> well, you called me out. Um, yes. Like, what, two podcasts ago? I had to. I had to lay yeah. it down just uh, in hopes that you, called you were... called me out. I was, I was at work listening to that. I was I was <laughs> on a break, and, and I was like, did he really just call me out? Like, he... He, like, almost threatened me. It was like, you know, I'm just kidding. But, uh, I did yeah. threaten. You can tell him. You can say, I threatened your very life. <laughs> there was pillows and sleeping involved. Oh, that's yeah. all I'm going to say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so let's get right into it. Uh, just a few things floating around in my nerd brain. We're actually going to start right off with our Suicide Squad movie review. Spoilers, man. Spoiler alert, big time. We'll try not to just give you everything, but uh, we will definitely talk about some stuff that happened in these Suicide Squad movies. So, oh, and before we get into the review, Justin, I've got a little true and false Suicide Squad trivia for you. Okay. And you could win a prize if you get them right. What's the prize? You want to know what the prize is? Yeah. How about maybe a little bit more of my respect? Are you son of a... <laughs> <laughs> How about right. some more nerd respect? How about that? <laughs> All right. All right, so first one's true or false. True or false, Superboy at one point was in the Suicide Squad. True or false? False. That is incorrect. It is really? true. Superboy was in the Suicide Squad oh, at one not point. Not to a very good start. <laughs> oh, for one. Second question. Right. Killer Frost, known to be in the... Actually, she popped into my brain recently with season two of The Flash. Killer Frost. True or False. She was in the Suicide Squad at one point. True or false? False. 
You were wrong again. Oh the answer God. is true. <laughs> they were both in the Suicide Squad at yeah. one point. Crazy, right? So there you yeah. go. So you're over oh, two. Yeah, so that, I obviously didn't do my research. Yeah, sorry, no respect. But uh, just a <laughs> <No> little, <laughs> just a little smidge of history about Suicide Squad for those he of you. Love me. <laughs> of course I love. For those of you history buffs out there, Suicide Squad's first appearance was in 1959 with the Brave and the Bold number 25. So I just recently saw the movie with a friend, and the friend asked, are, "Is the Suicide Squad new? Like, was there are they a new thing? No." And then you maniacally laughed in her face. I did. And, uh... It was a, you know, <laughs> a super villain laugh. Yeah. Full just belly laugh. <laughs> no, but uh, and then there's kind of like there's two generations of the Suicide Squad, and so the first generation was in the, you know from 50s, and they consider it like the modern generation of it to to be in the mid to late 80s, like 1987. And uh, the the original creator was Robert Kaniger and Ross Andrew, and sort of the more modern creator. Was a guy I met recently, actually, Len Wein, who was the yeah, creator yeah. of uh, co-creator of Wolverine and we, uh, Swamp Thing. We ran into him at, uh, at Wonder Long Con. Beach Comic Con or Long Beach Comic Con yeah, when he was Con. shopping for action figures of of, of Swamp <laughs> Thing. Swamp Thing, yeah, <laughs> that was funny. so awesome. And to John Ostrander, who, uh, yeah, just look up, look them all up. Tons of credits, but uh, very very cool. So there you go, just a little smidge of history on the Suicide Squad. So let's jump right back into the movie. So. Tell me, did you, right off the bat, I saw it in IMAX 3D. Did you see it in 3D? I, I saw it regular. I, I saw the, um, I like the treatment of the words that scroll on in the, in the sky for the, when IMAX movies begin. It's like this blue sky and it counts down from 10 to 1. Yeah. They changed that to Suicide Squad font uh -huh. and neon and blue sort of flashing lights kind of <laughs> going through Gotham. <laughs> okay. And people applauded for it. And that's, that's kind awesome. of set the tone. I was like, oh, mackerel. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I saw it packed, packed house opening night, uh, 9pm. So about, what, two hours after you saw it? Yeah, I saw so it at you were seven. probably just walking out as I was walking in. Absolutely. Um, it was a smidge over two hours. Really? Yeah, it was like two hours and like 11 minutes or something like that. But yeah, um, so initial thoughts just, uh, before, before we jump in here. I, I liked it. Um, liked yeah it, it was it was hard for me like. to, to say that I loved it um, be, I, I really wanted to and I I told my dad this before I you know warned him that I was gonna maybe poop on this movie a little bit but I'm, I'm gonna try not to um, <laughs> that uh, I, I root for all comic book movies that's um, yes. just my thing I, I it's my world you know so it's 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 always hard for me to walk out of a comic book movie saying that I didn't like it. Right. And it goes I, against your soul, your spirit. Exactly. And so, <laughs> walking out of this movie, I didn't say that I didn't like it. I liked it. I just couldn't say that I loved it. It was, it was hard for me to, to say that every part of this movie was good. There were some problems I had with it. Uh, there was a lot of good things that I, I liked about this movie. Um, but, going forward, what were your initial thoughts? I... Uh, lightly loved it. Lightly, lightly <laughs> loved it? Yeah, I give it like a 4.5 overall on the Sunspots meter. Okay. And uh, for for just a, a ton of reasons we'll get into, and I'll break down sort of my, my primary reasons for it. But I was telling you earlier that I know that I wear sort of these, these old, nerdy, rose-covered glasses when it comes to any <laughs> comic book movie. Yeah. Because of just my origin and where I came from and how long I've been reading comics, I mean, there was just so little content and, and very little content that was really any good, but at the time, that's all we had, so you had to love it then. So I, I'm sort of in this weird 
absolutely non-spoiled sort of mentality when it comes to comic book movies that I just want to love them so badly and I just enjoy the experience and that little kid in me just continually sort of goes, oh my God, it's happening. Oh my God, it's happening. Oh my God, it's happening. This is real. This is real. This is real. And so I, I live in that world, in that space a lot. But um, there were definitely some problems here. It wasn't perfect. What was your initial thoughts on the let's introduce every character and there's a lot of them for just a, a minute or so of each character. What do you I, think of that? I liked it. I liked that part a lot, actually. Um, oh, good. Some the, people didn't. Yeah, like, I mean, I could see where, where that would come from. And and there there was, <laughs> there was, I had one problem with it, that the words on the screen were gone too fast. I wanted to read everything <laughs> intricately and, like, well. decipher all words... And you know, say them in Spanish or something. And I, like... I, I caught one, and that's a great. That's a great point. I caught one. It was for um, Flag, mm-hmm. Rick Flag. Was yeah, Rick, Rick Flag. It uh, the very last line on that pop up on the screen said his his golf handicap. Oh, oh yeah, I caught <laughs> that, gets one, that too. one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was um, like a three. It was like a yeah. three handicap golf. <laughs> three. Yeah, like uh, like I honestly want to go. Like, if I could pause this movie, I want to just pause it on every single one, read the list, you know, and nice. just like, but that, that was my only complaint with that opening part. Um, I, I really actually liked it. It's kind of set a, a tone that I liked a lot, which like a fast pace. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was a good tone. And, um, the only problem, like, I think with that whole part is, is the words were gone too fast for one. And then, um, <laughs> like it just, I wanted to see more, which, which. You know, it's, it's a given with any kind of origin story. You just, I just wanted to see more, which, you know, we're not going to get because they're kind of trying to jump, you know, into this whole story. I like Seymour, by the way. Seymour? <laughs> Seymour? Yeah, okay. You wanted yeah. Seymour? No, sorry. Okay. Corny joke. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, um, I particularly liked um, Deadshot's, Deadshot's opening. He, his was, he got, his he was got the bigger treatment, right, for, yeah. the, for the origin. Um, Harley, Harley, Harley kind of did, too. Yeah, there yeah. were the two. I would yeah. say if I broke it down to minutes, you could yeah. tell they had the larger treatments for their background stories. But uh, that's hard to do, right? Like, there's yeah. a ton of people. There's a, You want to get a flavor of someone, but it's tough to cram them all in. It's kind of like what people always fear with, like, Avengers and Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy. Any team ensemble yeah. that no one's going to get enough time and you're not going to feel, you know, you're not going to relate to them. Well, yeah, but I thought yeah. it was good. I thought it, it did it, enough. It, it did It did the whole cast justice. Um, there, it, it, it fit in enough for us to... to Feel okay with the fast-paced opening. Yeah, you know what I mean. There, there was a lot of a lot of jump cuts and a lot of you know fast kind of paced movement, which you know I had no problem with. If if I go back and watch that again, I'd probably catch more, which is which is always kind of a plus, you know. Yep. And um, other than that, the Flash cameo was <laughs> freaking phenomenal. And I know you're you're a big Flash TV show fan, mm-hmm. and you you were really lobbying for uh, Grant Gustin to be the uh, the Flash on the movies. Yes, yes. Uh, um, I have watched Ezra Miller in a lot of movies, uh, at least of late, and uh, I really like the actor. And I am super, super excited to see him as a Flash. And and I've been trying to convince you for so long, but are you finally pumped? Like, come on, it looked dope. <laughs> uh, you know, it it wasn't enough. Uh, absolutely, just a teaser. There he was, but the suit looked dope. Yeah. Well, and, you're, uh, you're, you haven't seen any of the... Justice League trailers that they released in nope. Comic Con, so like it, nope. it's kind of hard to. Convince I'm closing you my eyes that. when you said the word Justice League right there. I closed my eyes just in case, oh, just yeah. to be safe that a trailer would pop out of you. Oh Jesus! But uh, <laughs> but so do you think? Uh, and this is a corny joke, of course. But do you think that Grant 
Mm-hmm. Gustafson? Gustin. <laughs> Whatever we call him, Gustafson. Mm-hmm, yeah. I want to add syllables to his name. Do you think that he'll actually be better than Ezra? No, that's a that's a 90s band reference right there. Better than Ezra. Better than Look Ezra? it up. Oh, boy. Yeah, I, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> it's a band, better right? Yeah. Oh, Look him up, kids. It's a, it was a good band. They had like a couple of hits. But anyway, do you think he will be? Like, do you think <laughs> that actor, you know Ezra um, better than me. Yeah. Is he going to be better than Grant? Um, theatrically? Uh, he is definitely a better actor. Uh, I mean, mm, I, it hurts my feelings a little bit. But it, you, you, <laughs> you can't compare. It, it's a different kind of caliber of actor. You know, you, you go from TV show to to, to movie star. He Ezra didn't Ezra, do TV. He was in uh, TV. I, I, if he did, I haven't oh. seen it. But uh, there, he's been in some heavy hitter movies, Ezra Miller, mm. that like has have hit home for me sometimes. And uh, he he, um, I, I would definitely say he's just a different kind of caliber actor. Compared to Grant Gust- Gustin, and to me, I, I I'm hoping because he is kind of a comedic kind of person. He um he brings more of the uh, the Justice League animated TV show kind of Barry Allen mm. to the Flash, and and the so, trailer yeah, he kind of does quirky, smart exactly. alecky, and more. that's one thing Grant Gustin doesn't really hit. He doesn't no. hit that quirkiness. He's very sensitive. Yeah, and he's sad very kind of very... whiny and. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, it, it's a different Flash. It's a different again. It's a different kind of pull. And I'm hoping that Ezra Miller can do the quirky, funny, fast talking kind of jerk, while also being, you know, sensitive and hitting home because yeah. his story is it's kind of a heartbreaker, you know. So I'm hoping that he can do both, and I really think he can. And I'm. I'm really so. excited for, for Ezra Miller as a Flash, and and the cameo just totally freaking set it in for me. Yeah, people applauded for it. Oh yeah, in, the, in our theater, I screamed. And I think. <laughs> he screamed. He's like like bloody terror. Yeah, yeah like the, a, a little girl scream <laughs> came out of me. Okay, all right. Yeah. Ain't nothing wrong with that. It's perfectly, <laughs> that's perfectly normal. Perfectly acceptable in a comic book yeah, movie yeah, theater. Yeah, but I it wasn't was it wasn't all one. that much. So I was like, okay, I'm, I was excited, and I do like that. It's the uh, it's teeing it up. For oh, the yeah, Justice League yeah, movie, and definitely getting us ready. Yeah. Definitely some nods. So we'll just throw in, we'll just jump right into Batman. Yeah. So from, from talk about movie. another extreme small cameo. You had Batman in there for uh, yeah. it was a total of um, twenty four point eight seconds. Yeah, two minutes. And, maybe, uh, <laughs> you know, for jumping. Felt like twenty four point eight. Yeah. You, um, but he's very briefly in it, but it was still nice to see him. It was a cool little cameo. And yeah, it was, I, my favorite part was when he just like dropped down. Like it was just like, yeah. oh yeah, there yeah, it is. Yep, yep, yep. And, um, yeah, it, it kind of set a new precedent for Batman because, you know, what we've seen in Batman as of late, at least from Batman v Superman, is that he kills people. He's ruthless. Yeah, machine guns on the Batmobile. Yeah. He's mowing people down. Stuff. And so he's like, I'm he tired of him. Down. I'm tired of breaking out of jail. They're just, yeah, let's just put him down yeah. in dirt. So now, I, I don't know if, if when he caught, you know, Deadshot and Harley Quinn, if he's over that because of the... All the people that he killed in Batman v Superman, those <laughs> two people should be dead. You yeah. know, if, if he's gonna kill anybody, but um, he he didn't, and he didn't want to do anything. He didn't want to beat Ooh. Deadshot's ass. Ooh, I got it. I got it. I got a tie-in. Right, you figure that he sort of sets a new leaf after Superman. after Batman v Superman and his Superman's yeah, quote unquote death. spoiler alert death, uh, that he turns a new leaf from there. That, so maybe those are the thinking. two bad guys that he didn't murder, death kill, yeah. and was like, all right, I'm going to bring them in. That's what I was, was <laughs> thinking initially, but then at the same time, it's kind of like, well, 
when did he catch Deadshot? When did he? So it was just kind of yeah. It was just kind of like up in the air a little bit, but it, I, you did yeah. have to sort of let that yeah continuity timeline just sort of go. And like, like why whatever. isn't he killing these people? You know, so it was just it was just a little a little hard to to grasp. But at the same time, like it was just awesome to see him in anything because. Yeah. Even in Batman v Superman, I felt like I didn't get enough Batman, <laughs> right. which you know he's half the movie, more, right. almost almost more than half the yeah. movie, and um, I just want more Batman. I just yeah. and and that goes along with saying jumping hashtag more Batman. Yeah, jumping <laughs> jumping into another aspect of the movie, which is the Joker. There wasn't enough Joker in this movie to make me say anything definitive about the character about okay. Jared Leto um I had some definitive feelings but you, you know you were like in order right now with yeah. like a level of uh, seconds yeah and so I would say Joker's the last that and then everyone else is sort of equally or no yeah. then we'll go into yeah it's well, more time but um, yeah Joker 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 was in it what maybe about five minutes yeah maybe it wasn't total a lot collectively um, five ten minutes but yeah. uh initially and I and I mean as I was watching the movie my initial thoughts was that I kind of had problems with them. And I mean, it, it, it's so minor to me, at least. And again, I have to see this movie a second time. I've always said that. Like, mm-hmm. I gotta see it a second time to kind of set my thoughts in. But uh, initially, I had some problems with them. There was, there, I'll tell you, uh, the two main things that, that bugged me was he had one, he had this, again, this is really minor, he had this weird grunting thing. It was just, like a like a I, I thought it was like a purring like a growl yeah, it was it, like it, was, it just sounded like he was really hoarse to me and like he was just like like breathing like you know oh. breathing heavily that's what that's what it seemed to me and I, I again I have to see it again to, to, I, I to felt like it was a, I felt like it was a purr like a yeah, well, like a little like his uh his grill yeah, was oh, also in his mouth so it was like well again I, I got to see it again to, to notice that and then um second one and this was more of a watching the character kind of critically. Um, is that he just seemed like he was, like, high. He seemed like he was, he just snorted a couple lines of coke, maybe shot up some heroin, and he was, he was just, like, tripping out. And, and it didn't seem like, to me, like, psychopath killer joker like he usually should be. It just seemed like he was stoned. And so it was, it was, it was hard for me to, to get over that part once I noticed it and kind of got that thought into my brain. So, I mean, that, you could hit that the nail right on the head with that. I mean, every Joker performance is pretty yeah. much like a like a heroin addict. <laughs> if you really want to put it into a real world setting, it's like it's like an LSD heroin addict. Oh, yeah. You know, that's just strung up on crack or something. And uh, that's just kind of. I mean, look at Heath Ledger and like you know cutting himself or whatever and how he acted. I mean, the man was like a is like a, yeah. a crazy crack well, actor, crack well, addict running around town. Yeah, Heath Ledger's Joker <laughs> to me just seemed like he was just a psychopath. Like he was just he was an agent of chaos. Yeah, he was just crazy. He like, just did things. things. <laughs> uh, but but this one just seemed like he was just high. Just high. Yeah, and, and it just like it bugged me. But again, like I have to see it like it yeah that's why it's bugging me i think is i have to just go and see it again to see all these things and and really kind of set my opinion further so yeah that, those were good. my two complaints seeing it one time but at least you're open to like giving it another chance and seeing how you feel when you see it again i for me don't believe i, me, thought, I really want to like him yeah i, I really do sure. and it's it, i'm <laughs> that's why it's bugging me i think so much is i, I want to like him and it's just, I, I don't know if I do yet. So, it's, uh, yeah. Well, I think that, like, the entire world put so much weight on on Jared Leto doing this amazing Joker. Like, he had, everyone has these expectations and hold it in such high regard. But 
you know, I just I just said, hey, that he, he's going to try to make it his own. I honestly liked it in ways that it felt to me like a very animated, cartoony, like like sort of ode to 1966 Joker, like Cesar Romero. Like it, yeah. it, it had some tones there, and and he was also sort of modernizing it, but they modernized him to like late 90s. Yeah. <laughs> so he's a little bit. I like that because it's like his modernization factor was skewed. Like I, it, it put him in this weird like the grill and everything there was like late 90s. I'll tell you one thing I, I did like was like his his costumes, like his he just looked like this, like just kind of like this Scarface, you know what I mean? Like he, like white suits and like yeah. like eccentric colored pants and like weird colored ties and like you know he just looked like he was like like kind of this weird mob boss, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, and and, and that kind of goes back to the Dark Knight era of this maybe the Dark Knight Returns era of this movie. For, or not this movie, uh, the, like this universe that they're mm-hmm. kind of taking yeah. with Frank Miller's Batman kind of you right. know, ode to Frank Miller. So yeah. that being said, like I'm kind of excited to see what they're going to do with him next. And, and, and you know, going along with what I said before, I got to see more of him to, to really set my opinion. But I, I'm excited to see more and to learn more about this Joker. I feel like we're not going to see him until after the Justice League movie. I feel yeah. like it's going to be the Batman solo movies. Hopefully. Yeah. So I think that's where we'll see him. But I, I was intrigued. I was interested. It was enough. And, you know, it tickled me enough uh, with the feather to get me excited yeah. and want more. So for me, I was good. I would have liked to have seen more of him, I'll be honest. Yeah. Just But what we got, this wasn't the Joker movie. Oh, yeah. Well, you know? yeah. And I, I was just like... It wasn't a Batman movie. It wasn't a Flash movie. Right. And that, we're kind of hitting on weird spots of, like, this is what I paid attention to a lot of, and this is not even about the movie. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we're, we haven't really hit on major parts of the movie yet. So, that being said, let's jump to the more meaty parts of this movie. What, yeah, what did the you two, like and what did you not the two, like? The two meats, the yeah. two beefy parts of it, which was Harlequin and Deadshot. Yeah. So, oh, which okay. one do you want to start with? Uh, well, my favorite for the movie, and... Uh, you know, which was surprising uh, to me was Deadshot. I, I loved Will Smith. Big I've, I've always loved Will Smith. You know, since I was a Ha-ha. kid. Ha <laughs> ha. So yeah, um, uh, he was my favorite part. To be honest, like, wow. Yeah, he was one of. He was probably my favorite part of, of. He saved the movie for me. Let's just say that because wow. if he wasn't in this movie, being in this role, I don't think I would have liked this movie as much. Wow. Well, I'm on the other side. I'm with the other big meaty uh, character, which was Harlequin. Yeah. She surprised me. I uh, historically have not collected a lot of Harlequin comic books. I She's just so wouldn't iconic. say I wouldn't say I'm a big fan per yeah. se of uh, Doctor Quinzel, but I tell you, she stole the show in, for me, and and I just enjoyed her 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 sort of maniacal laugh and that sort of heavy Jersey girl style of speech <laughs> that she uses or Deep Bronx, yeah. whatever it is. And you call it Deep Bronx. I was like, yeah. it's kind of Jersey Shore. It's kind of Jersey girl yeah. that kind of stuff. But it, it she flares in and out with that, yeah. and I, I like that because it just made her a little bit more crazy. And they even showed like a sort of sensitive side to her, which was strange, like the scene in the bar. I mean, they showed some complexity to her, her character. It wasn't just yeah. one note. Which you know, Harley Quinn is this kind of complex character. Like, yeah, is she really crazy, or is she just crazy in love, or is she, you know, she like what? Nobody really knows. Yeah. Like what's going on in her head? She puts this crazy vibe off, which is obvious. And so, to me, she's just so iconic. And and, and, and we got to see her origin. Yeah, like which is cool. That's that's definitely a cool. That's thing great. To see. 
um, a lot of my non-comic book fan friends were like, "What? What did she? Where, where did that come from? Where she fell into some weird bath?" And I was like, "You well, <laughs> you kind of have to know the origin of the Joker. I mean, the slight origin of the Joker to get what she just did, right? Because that's where the Joker was semi-created, according to most, you know, most lore, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. But um." Um, you, you, we did get to see your origin, which is cool. Yeah. For you know, we got smidges of it mostly, but um, isn't it crazy that her first like appearance was on the animated series? No, oh, yeah. And her first comic book was like September 1993 with the Batman Adventures, which is a direct adaptation of yeah. the Batman animated series, which wasn't that good. It was just okay. But oh, yeah. um, any any and then any to leap now comic adaptations never really good they're for kids right and here she is she made it yeah and then we got to see the origin on the big screen we got to see her old harlequin outfit which is kind of that ode second that was cool like the ode to the the alex ross cover with with her and the joker like yeah well that was almost an ode to the cartoon because that was her costume um i was nerding freaking out there it was like wow there it is a character like i said it was only just could have always been just sort of lukewarm with her uh, actually, though, I did enjoy the last series that they came out with, uh, actually from the New 52, which was really, really good. And I enjoyed that a lot and surprised. She surprised me. It it made me kind of a Harlequin fan. And I can just see, uh, I mean, there's already a gazillion cosplaying. It's just going to oh, 49.2% well, yeah. increase in like, all cosplay for Harlequin. Yeah. In the line to me, get, to me getting in the theater, there was like 12... 10 year old little girls like with their dads walking like waiting in line oh no were they like inappropriately dressed 10 year old girls no, like they were but they all they all had a <laughs> version of what harley quinn was wearing in this movie oh wow and uh it, it was cool to see but at the same time it was just kind of like well we haven't seen the movie yet to me at least you know it's like wait till <laughs> right. wait till we see you <laughs> what know? if they hate this exactly, character exactly yeah. and the so, dads are like oh, oh take crap. that out yeah like, that exactly out, like you're no slutty harley quinn like, <laughs> you're not gonna be that for halloween take that crap off um other than the two main characters to us, um, what about the story? The storyline? I, I I had problems with it. Um, with Harlequin's story? No, no, no. The overall. Oh, we're ju- we're jumping off the meats yeah, now. We're done with the two characters. Yeah, okay. Um, oh, let me just comment quickly on your favorite aspect, the okay. Deadshot. Yeah. He was definitely my second behind behind Harlequin. Yeah. And I did like that they added some depth, some heart, the daughter relationship there, which actually is just hits the nail on the head with the comic. It's yeah. like totally accurate. Yeah, that that, and, that was definitely um, a, a emotional heartstring yeah. moment. It was, it was, it, it definitely kind of set some depth into that character, and that's kind of why I thought he was my favorite. Is because you know I was rooting for him the whole time. Look, I he's, the, really he's the for he's the heavy hitter actor in this, yeah. right? You think about it, right? Yeah, it's it's Will. He's got the experience. He's got he's got the different well, levels that he can play. I Jared mean, Leto has an Oscar, so you know, yeah, he's technically the higher. He's still kind of the new kid actor. in the block, though, in my opinion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, depending on how you gauge <laughs> actor level by by Oscars or by <laughs> movies and box office and if dollars. You, if you take in how much money Will Smith has made <laughs> compared to Jared Leto, it's like, all right, sorry, like shut up, Justin, but um. <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely he was the emotional center for me, and, and that's yes. why I liked him so much. Yes, and and you know, me being an aspiring writer, that's kind of my my why I liked it so much. Maybe is because I I want to hit tones like that. I want to you know be able to to make you like yeah. a character more emotionally, you know, to the point where you want them to to, to flourish, even though yeah. he's. A killer, you know what I mean? Like, he's an assassin. I was truly a little afraid we were just going to get, oh, hell no, Will Smith for an hour and a half. No, he toned it down a lot, right? (laughs) Didn't he? He uh, did, and then he had some acting chops in it, and then the daughter relationship, 
hits the heartstrings. And yeah, that was very <laughs> thoroughly. Uh, I was surprised and happy yeah. with it. Yeah. Um, so going back to what I was saying before, um, storyline. Um, I had problems with it. Um, you know, to me, going into this movie, I was like, well, who's going to be the bad guy? You know what I mean? Like, they never explained anything. Yeah, they kept that real quiet. It was yeah, nice. And, and so the fact that the Enchantress was the main bad guy, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, like, let's see where this goes during the movie. And then it just kind of took a nosedive for me. Like, it, like really? It, yeah. I, um, I, I picked up the subtle cues with that character being totally nutso from the get-go. Well, yeah. And, they, and that's the no, one they no, were going to no, have like, problems with. I, I understood that, like, she would make the best villain as far as story, like, you know, going forward. But the way they did it to me, it was just, it just seemed very, like, oh, like, well, we're going to bring in her brother. Like, it was just kind of, like, all of a sudden, like, okay. And it just didn't contextually make sense to me. And then we had, you know, the basic, like, brainless, you know, mindless bad guys that they're fighting. Which, in every superhero movie, it seems like to be a trend right now. Um... <laughs> It's it just little like little yeah, things. All, all the all the supervillains have henchmen. Yeah, well, they, did, yeah. they all do. Um, <laughs> you but um, you know, the, just that like the whole it, it just felt jumbled. You know what I mean? Like it just kind of felt all thrown together and mashed, and it didn't make too much sense as to what's going on. Like she wants to build this machine to do what? To take over the world? Like to, well, to, okay, to but, put a big bright light in the center of a city. Uh, yes, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> like a lot of them do. But so, yeah. but no, you know, I thought. I thought, and that's why I totally respect the way you see it. I just sort of thought, this movie has so many people in it. Yeah. <laughs> that there's going to be some people that will lack some sustenance, lack some background, lack some it, it real... Wasn't, uh, and and, and it, they did it. I, I'll, I'm there all side with you. It sort of happened with the villain. It had to happen quickly. It had to be a villain that uh, you know already had powers kind of in place. They didn't go with an origin of the villain. They just kind of like, boom, here it is. They had to like move quickly into that with the pacing of this movie and how many characters they'd already kind of give background to. It's like, there's just no way that it could have evenly distributed the time with everyone. And so the villain did lack a little. I I agree with you there. Um, But it will still work for me because they're they're the bad guy was. They had to team together. It had to be done fast. And it it was just such a quick pace. I was never bored (laughs) or felt like, you know, oh, what are they going to do here? Like, it did have a... I'll tell you you what, though. I definitely had this feeling of like, how the hell are they going to win? You know what I mean? Like, how are they going to beat this? You know what I mean? Like they got no and chance. Exactly. And so that was kind of cool. Because, I like, obviously, in my head, going to superhero movies, the good guys win. You know? So in yeah. my head, I was like, well, how are they going to beat this? Right. Like, I was curious. She's got friggin' magic. Exactly. And What are they going to fight um, magic with? The bullets don't work very well. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, what I was saying. Like, Harley's got a baseball gonna bat. They're going to shoot at her? Like, they're gonna Boomerang's shoot. got a... He's got a boomerang. <laughs> he's going to fling it at her. Um... The, the killer croc's gonna bite her in the leg. Yeah. I mean, um, what do they got, right? So good, good point yeah. there. Um, so I kind of I thought that was a, a big main pusher for me to to keep watching and interest is to see how they're gonna win. Um, other than that, I I thought that the as far as the enchantress goes, she, we didn't really need a backstory. Uh, and, and well, the way they set it up was okay, but it, the way that they finished was just it just it didn't. It didn't hit me as as I thought it would. It, it just didn't. I didn't connect with it. Yeah. And then on top of that, it was just like, like the CG kind of looked weird at the end. Like she was just. It was, dancing very, it was she, Ghostbustery. Yeah. It had this full like she's goes of the Gozerian and she was dancing <laughs> with her hips and it got a little weird. Yeah. But you know what? There was a point I got to make about well, that sides with you on this. And I say this all the time and everything I write and even like Zombie Destroyers, you have to despise a villain. Yeah. You have to yeah. right. Yeah. The best 
stories are when you really want to see bad things happen to a villain. When they, they do that building of the bad guy properly. And this, I felt sorry for her in a way. Yeah. She was just, you know what I mean? You, yeah. If you feel sorry for a bad guy, then you're not going to be like, go yeah. Suicide Squad, go team. That I kind of felt sorry. Sense. I felt well, bad yeah, for because her. At one, you don't really want her to die because that's Rick Flagg's she's, girl. Yeah, and she's like, really she's like to, the suffering host exactly. of this crazy and And then for, for two, you know, like, you don't really know too much about this character to, to hate her. And if, she, I mean? and if she never said Enchantress? Yeah. Yeah, would would anything? Well, she was sleeping, remember, and then she changed. Okay, so she came in, yeah. Because I thought for just a second, like, if she doesn't say the magic code word to turn into enchantress, because that's not one that slips. Like, like if she says like the randomly, you know, and she's like, oh shit, like that's enchanted, and and then you know the enchantress is like, ah no, you didn't say the whole thing. What I did thought was you forgot the triss. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be all up over here. <laughs> um, um, what I did like though was when she first transformed, when yeah. she put her her hand on the table and then yeah, the, that the, was a great the little effect. shadow, and then it flipped and it was like dark. That and was like, a great oh, effect. That was creepy, and I loved. It. From there, I was really excited, and they just kind of disappointed me. But you I think I, mean? I think, and I'm still with you on that vibe. But I think if we see that again. It'll it'll for some reason translate differently with her character, okay. but I think we'll still I think I'll still feel bad for her and sorry yeah. and we don't want her to die. But yeah. I think it'll translate differently. But still with the hip gyration and the and, and you know what the, the little... CG of the face like like in my opinion I thought because they changed she like changed costumes yeah. and all this kind of, I thought they should have just kept her dirty creepy yeah. enchantress and they changed it to where she was like clean this and dancing. giant magical being exactly. of light that... and like the her, the face was totally cg'd in you could tell and it just kind of bugged me and, <laughs> and and you know nothing against you know the 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 whole story and why it needed that because you know the, it, it could have been done better and then I, I i i didn't have any final say so you know yeah. something was approved somewhere that they said okay we're gonna clean her up and do all this so, again, a yeah, really minor that, thought. That is a strange thought, though, right? Like, hey, we got the ultimate bad guy now. Let's brighten her up and yeah, make she's her... She's creepy. Gl- Let's make her look her good. Outf- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm with you there. Yeah. But still, I, I think that maybe seeing it again, it'll somehow change that. And I think there was a, a build we weren't seeing there because we saw her as... She's on the Suicide Squad, right? Yeah. Or she's a good chick, right? That turns into... So, we didn't see that as happening, but maybe we saw it again. But, all right. Yeah. So, um, so I think that that puts uh, everything in a pretty good nutshell, don't yeah, you? Is um, there anything else we're missing there? <laughs> uh, well, El Diablo is totally the group of this movie. <laughs> uh, he had the most like fulfilling kind of story, I guess. Uh, just throwing that in there. He was one of my favorite characters. Yeah, yeah. I like I liked that actor. He's he's a really cool. Actor. His his fire effects were fantastic. Yes, all yeah. the fire effects. Yeah, props. Well, maybe to they that. spent all the money on the fire effects and not enough uh, in the CG of the <laughs> Enchantress. They were so. like, we are out of dough. <laughs> um, but yeah, I loved I loved El Diablo. The final kind of act was kind of cool, it, and and just kind of an overall arching thought. Um, I had a lot of fun with this movie. Me too. And, I um, just had a good time like, and fun. I, I walked even out, the bar scene where it was like yeah, kind of the only funny. scene things sl- like slowed <laughs> yeah. down. That little bar scene, which we don't want to tell you every aspect of it, but it was just like I liked the honesty that Harley brought there, like yeah. brutal honesty to yeah. the conversation. And uh, it, I want to see that scene again. Yeah. And then you got 
Will Smith just being that suave. Yeah. 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 Um, Ha-ha. But, <laughs> um, I, I, just, you know, going back, I, I had a lot of fun. And yeah, I don't want to compare this to Batman v Superman, but um, I'm going to. I'm sorry. <gasps> um, walking out of Batman v Superman the first time, I was really happy. Seeing it a second time, I saw a lot of flaws. This, I walked out... Not being like pumped, but just being content and being like happy with it. Like I had fun, nice. and all the action was fun to watch, and the story—if you can get over it—it it was a lot of it was it was fun. Yeah. It was a comic book movie, and, and you could, you know what I mean, like it comic book. It was a, a comic booky movie. I, I yes, guess you could say. and not uh, and, and thankfully lack of a lot of uncomfortable, cringy, douchey, yeah. cringe, there was chill a couple, moments. But it was again so minor, and, yeah. and you just kind of shrug it off. I'm just but, happy if there are less than say five. Yeah. And I, I would right if <laughs> yeah, I could walk well, away yeah. with less than five cringe moments, I'm like, that was really good. That was really really good. <laughs> good for them. <laughs> good for them. Good for you. Well, yeah. So uh, that that pretty much wraps that review. Yeah. So definitely go see it. I, I gave it 4.5 and had a ton of fun. And I was in a. How do you think it's gonna do? Do you think it's gonna? I mean, obviously the, the reviews are what they are. You know, yeah. tomato meters pretty low. Cinema score is pretty decent. You know, all that kind of stuff. But uh. How do you, how do you think box box office wise? Do you think it's gonna, you know, deplete any hope for Wonder Woman and Justice League? What what do you think? I think it's going to do well. Uh, I think that uh, like the strange thing that happened with the petition uh, that the guy <laughs> was writing the petition oh to God. to close Rotten Tomatoes because of the their continual low scores <laughs> for DC movies. I thought that was just that was pretty hilarious, hilarious uh, in in so many ways. But uh, and then the guy pulled it <laughs> and took it off, saying that it just uh, was. Uh, was just allowing people to spew tons of hatred. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, the whole thing was... But I think that ultimately people are talking about it. Even yeah. that being a sign, yeah. a litmus, litmus test of uh, how well the movie will do. Yeah. It's got people excited. It's got people talking. There are people that hate it. There are people that love it. Uh, like Batman versus Superman. Yeah. Uh, mostly negative reviews. Split, but it still yeah. did well. And a bunch of people saw it. And people were split. If you look at that audience score, if you want to go by tomato meter, yeah, that um, was uh, still pretty good. I... I like, it, I, I think that this is going to be one that the fans are really going to support and kind of stick behind. Because, I mean, of, of all the DC movies, this had, like, the lowest, you know, kind of stakes for us to, like, want to, like, really go for. Like, Justice League is the one that's kind of trying to bring everybody in. This one was, it was obviously trying to... Yeah, it's uh, like a know, go-between. Exactly. It was, it was, it wasn't, it's not going to impact the DC right. universe, exactly. uh, movie universe. So... That's kind of what my what I thought. Of, if it of, does, it'll be a smidge. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. this is a go-between movie. Yeah. That's meant to be fun and uh, not have a lot of weight yeah. for the rest of it. Guardians of the Galaxy, sort of. Yeah. Wasn't they're hoping for that money. The Galaxy, they're hoping yes. for it just to be. Oh. Yeah. Which it might it might do that. Who's, who knows? Yeah. It might. But uh, moving on, I guess. So yeah, go see it. Yes. Um, definitely go see, go see it. it. Go yeah. go go. It's and then, fun. And then see it again. Yeah. Well, I I gotta go see it again. I really I do. got to. Before I write my review, I really want to. I yeah. do too. Right, it was so. cool when I saw it. Last thing about it is uh, there was a comic book store in the theater really? that was promoting their comic book shop, and they actually had like that that band T-shirt uh, little booth, uh-huh. so you could buy some paraphernalia. And then they had a spinning the comic book shop. It has a wheel you could spin, and they're <laughs> giving out free comics. And they handed out uh, Suicide Squad number one. What? Yeah, wow. and, and even some Civil War comics. So <laughs> that was kind of cool. Nice. And uh, and yeah, I ended go up, buy comics, guys. Yes, buy comics. Excelsior things. <laughs> 
Um, Assemble. <laughs> well, anyway, oh, another thing uh, on my nerd brain, on my nerd lobes, is I wanted to make just a quick announcement of a new segment that I'm going to have on Sunspots Comics Podcast, and it's uh, I'm going to be it's going to be for independent comic book creators. It's going to be a spotlight for independent comic book creators. I mean, I'm one myself with my comic book zombie destroyers. I just want to like shine some sun on folks like you, like me, that are just trying to make it in comics, and I want to. Just help creators out and give them some love. And I listen to a ton of podcasts and things on comic books, and really no one gives them any time. So I support uh, comic books in all different in a bunch of different facets. So I'm going to definitely support like writers, artists, colorists, even letter letterers. So if you're out there, send me a link to your work or send me a little review copy smidge. You can email it to me, Chris at Sunspots comics.com or just message me on instagram facebook and twitter at sunspots comics because i just want to support and help a lot of those up-and-comers i mean everyone from jeff Loeb to to rick remender to all the people that are you know jeff lemire that are doing it and they're they're making a, a hundred many hundreds of dollars yeah. <laughs> doing it we, i mean uh, they started somewhere and i want to help spotlight them yeah. bring them out and support them so Com- comic book nerds are um a big group now, so let's all kind of band together. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's do it. You know, the, the more people reading comic books, supporting comic books, making comic books, all that kind of stuff, it just helps the industry, helps us, helps us create. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Creator creators, I I feel like right now at least are are in a flourishing kind of you know time. It's you know, the golden age for them. So. You know, don't don't be shy. You know, share whatever. You know, do whatever. Start a podcast. You know. Yeah, we're doing it. Start your comic, start your comic digitally, put it out there. And like I said, and part of it too is reach out to me and my podcast. I'd love to have you on the podcast. love to talk to you about your up and coming comic book. So again, just reach out to me, send me an email. Uh, at chris at sunspotscomics.com. And I also have to thank uh, my friend and fellow podcaster Mike Fontaine up, of Mike? hauntlife.com and his up, podcast. Mike? What's up, Mike? I listen to your podcast and you still scare the crap out of me. Yeah, it's pretty frightening. But uh, thank you for, for the inspiring words on this very topic in talking to you. And I definitely wanted to drive it home and do something about this and spend more time on the independent comic book creators. So if you're out there, reach out to me. And the very, very last thing on my nerd brain before we move on to reviewing comic books is I'm actually creating a comic book. I'm writing a comic book called Zombie Destroyers. So hoping you're going to go like, <laughs> like my little sound effect. And I'm doing the writing, the coloring, the lettering, and my friend Jordan Hudson is doing his amazing, fantastic, gritty, very Frank Quietly-like art. And I'm reading it. Yes. He even got some sneak peeks here in the Sunspots yeah. comics. Just saw, what, 1 through 13? Correct. Good stuff. And he is doing the art, my friend jo- Jordan Hudson. Please check out his Instagram, Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. His art is amazing it's just beautiful thank you so much for doing it and check out the website which i have it's actually zombiedestroyers.com check it out from time and time time to time i put some samples there and i just uh i'm going to be posting page five on there very soon and now we're actually uh, working on page 13 and 14 i'm finalizing the writing there to get that over to jordan so he can actually start putting putting ink to paper of zombie destroyers so please check out zombiedestroyers.com Oh, and uh, I do have one random comic book recommendation. You should look at this too. You should pull it up while I'm talking about it. Check it out. And this uh, uh, this is actually called We Three, and We Three was recommended by Zombie Destroyers artist 
Jordan Hudson. So thank you very, very much for this recommendation. We Three is a Vertigo comic written by Grant Morrison and drawn by Frank Quietly. And this art is ridiculous. You have to see this. It is gorgeous. Super, super gritty Frank Quietly style with a gazillion panels all over the place, uniquely strewn, thrown everywhere. And it's a story of three sort of household pets, a dog, a cat, and a rabbit that are like... They're made to be these mechanized weapons of destruction. And they escape. They escape the lab. That sounds like fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> and they talk, but in this sort of strange way, because they're simple-minded animals, but yet they're just mecked out. And I got to say, great recommendation, Jordan. Fantastic one. I've read about 10 pages or so. It's just collected into a trade. It came out in 2013, so three years ago, and it's 100 pages fully collected story and I am loving it. I want to buy it on uh, hardcover and just this is a keeper. Right, yeah. So it's beautiful, beautiful. Check it out. Looks interesting. I just want to cover with that dog. Yeah, with its mech suit. Yeah, maybe not. Yeah. yeah. And when you it see me. I mean it's this is hyper violent. It's oh, very yeah, fast yeah. action. <laughs> it's it is good stuff. Yeah, you wouldn't want to cuddle with this dog. I mean maybe because it's like the dog's sort of schizo and wants to help people and is loyal but then like accidentally murders people <laughs> it's like it's a crazy story so if you want to see mechanized household pets that escape a lab and are wreaking terror and havoc throughout the world that story's for you so thank you jordan for that's your that's my random comic book recommendation for this week all right so so let's jump into it I've, let's get into the uh, my favorite part of every sunspots comics podcast which is my comic book reviews and recommendations where I pick my favorite comic books for New Comic Book Day, August 3rd. And you, thankfully, read them all. I did it. That's pretty awesome. And I finally did it. Yes. And thank you for doing <laughs> thank you for doing that. I hope you enjoyed them. Hope you Yeah, most of them, yeah. Cuz I know they're my picks. Yeah. And I know that the, you know, it was there were I you know, there were a couple of issues I had with uh, some of them, but it was mostly just just because I was out of context. Yes. Um, I was going to say I was going to say big, that props to you. Yeah. Like to reading these comics cold when you've missed yeah. some of the prior I tried to give you snapshots and this is what happened before Smid- and synopsis. Smidges, yeah. Right? Well, yeah, it helps me to read it with you because that way you can Show me what's up, you know. But uh, I, I, I enjoyed most of them. Um, there were a couple I, I missed out of your queue, but most of those didn't make it to your top. Yeah. So I, I read most of the top ones, so let's do it. Excellent. Well, before we begin, spoiler alert. I, of course, have been harnessing my powers of persuasion and just try to inspire people to buy these comics, so I'm not going to, like, spoil the last few pages. So no worries there, and I do a, a good job of just keeping it light and fun and just trying to inspire you to go to your local comic book shop and buy these but you have been warned spoiler alert and if you want to see everything that i'm reading my gigantic pull list my favorite picks of the week just go to sunspotscomics.com click on pull list and you'll see that i've just recently updated i've got 108 titles that i'm reading currently wow <laughs> he was that was literally an awesome stunned face you just <laughs> made you're like huh, 108 Jesus. i mean thank goodness they don't come all at once yeah, and while, while you're at that <laughs> website you know just click on the blog you know check me out you know what I'm yes check them out <laughs> <laughs> and or just go direct again blog.sunspotscomics.com to check them yeah. out too and then of course just click on the top comic books of the week to see all my past top picks all the way from may of 2015 and i did just recently update the site just kind of streamlined it simplified it compacted it um, and I'm really proud of it. So please check out sunspotscomics.com. 
Dot-com from time to time. And, oh, uh, did you um, did you agree with me on this? I picked an art winner and cover art winner, which I do every single week. Mm-hmm. The art cover winner I gave uh, this week's uh, winner is Joelle Jones for Lady Killer, Volume 2, Issue 1. Did you love that art? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I love the <laughs> art. Um, I do have one art winner, I, I guess, if, if you're going off of what yeah, I Yeah, who would um, have been your art winner It would pick? have been the artist, which, you know, I don't know. The Formerly known artist. as? Just, oh, what was the, what was the it comic? Was, uh, it was it was Moon Knight. Oh yes, that's a uh, mostly uh, Greg Smallwood. Okay. But there's a couple of single pages there from Francesco Francovia and yeah, it, another it was, person. That art just amazed me. But yeah, uh, so go on. That was definitely my number two art winner of the week. Okay. But I gave uh, I gave the art to Joelle Jones. Just gorgeous, classic, clean sort of '40s style, right? Yeah. And just hyper realistic looking, but in a cartoony way. And it was just gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. Loved it. And the art, co- uh, the cover winner was also Lady Killer. Where um, and she didn't do uh, Joel didn't do the cover. It was Matteo Scalera and Moreno Decinio. And they had a beautiful sort of unique position perspective on the cover. I really liked that. It was this ominous silhouette, you know, with her standing there yeah. and, and the knife behind her back. Yeah. And sort of the the world on the edges, just oblivious to her that she's this crazy hit woman yeah. for hire. It was and, it was fun to, to, to read that one. Uh, that's one of my picks. If yeah. I had a list, but yeah. But that cover is just like frightening and beautiful and and one. It wouldn't make a great like poster on the yeah, wall. Like it would, just it'd be pretty cool. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. So anyway, uh, fourteen comics is what uh, we bought and re- or I bought and we we read. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't pay for them. And uh, seven made my favorite uh, pick list. How many made yours? Uh, I would say yeah, four. 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 I, I really enjoyed four of them. They were, they were, those stood out. And we lined up, right? Of yeah, my seven, most, most of them, yeah. four you picked were on my seven. That's yeah. awesome. That's cool. I mean, that's uh, you have your own perspective, and I you totally are my respect father. that. <laughs> I am your father. <laughs> but uh, that, and I, I like that seven of them made the favorite pick list, which is that, of course, fifty percent that I want them to be great. There were a ton of goods, but seven of them were just great and really super good. There were four new number ones. What did you think of the four new number ones this week? We had uh, Blood and Dust, Killer Be Killed, Lady Killer, and Tsum Tsum. Uh, well, <laughs> well, two of the four made it onto my list. Nice. Um, and um, I and think three what, of the three four of them made it onto yours. Yeah, so that's they, they freaking were good. awesome. They were really good. I, I especially enjoyed the the two that are on my list. I'm not going to spoil the list. Yes, we're yeah. about to unveil them, but that's pretty good for new number ones. <laughs> yeah, that's really, good. really is. So I, I really like that. So here we go. Let's jump right into our favorite picks for New Comic Book Day, August 3rd. So coming in at number seven was Kill or Be Killed, and that is. You know, I'm a little sad that that's his number seven because that's my number one. I enjoyed that the most out of all of these. Um, Why is that? Uh, it, 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 it reminded me of a lot of uh, of Kickass, which which oh, the I, covers totally Kickass. Yeah, which I loved Kickass. Uh, I read that when you you, I think I was like 13 when I when this. When, you were like three. No, no I was I was I think I was still in middle school when when Kickass came out, and I remember you handing it to me. You're like, read this. And I was like, Are you really giving me this to read? Because it was so violent. And like, I was like, wow. And then this is just a step up from Kick-Ass. Like, it's even more violent. In a and, heavier, dramatic yeah, way. Yeah. With, Less with superhero-y. Some, yeah. It, it, it hit home. At least, you know, to me. Like, there was a lot of more dramatic... A lot of, you know, stuff on suicide in this. And yeah, a lot of, it was heavy. Yeah, it By was, the way, this is from Image Comics, and it's uh, Super Team Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. I mean, my goodness, they've been doing so much stuff. 
with uh, help from Elizabeth Brightweiser. And uh, this is dark, gritty, edgy, right? Yeah, it, the even the art kind of says all that. It's it's it just a lot of weird greens and like just makes the orange. scenery looks gross. Look at all the and, orange like, in it. Yeah. And he's uh, like this hooded, you're right, looks like Kick-Ass. He's wearing like a red mask with a hoodie. It very much had the t- like the look of Kick-Ass. <laughs> Kick-Ass used a shotgun to display justice. Yeah. And they do a flash <laughs> forward here first, so he's just killing people. Oh, left yeah. and right. It's very real, violent. Real it's an adult fun. read. Yeah. <laughs> real fun in the, in the first four or five pages. It was awesome. But what grabs me after this flash forward of just murder death yeah. is that uh, you sort of feel sad for this character. He's like this... This uh, late twenties older guy, white guy that's still in college. He's in that he's in that friend zone with this girl. Yeah. Uh, worse than a friend zone where they they're in the friend zone with benefits from time to time, yeah, and they make she's out she's dating his uh, his like roommate, best friend best roommate, friend, yeah. and she's just sort of torturing him. And the other guy just has this fantastic oblivious. This is my hot girlfriend, and he's just like living in this tortured world of how he uh, isn't really a good student. And uh, he he is in the you know in the friend zone with this girl, and he's just kind of down on his luck. Honestly, I felt in this part of his his character structure setup, it made me feel like kind of depressed, kind of yeah, that, sad. That's I think that's kind of what they were, were were aiming to do because they really made me like kind of you know it, it's it's bad to think of suicide, but like yeah. like wow, suicide is like a real thing. Like it just kind of hit home. You were emotionally attached to this guy really fast and like he's trying to kill himself you know what I mean like it yeah it just kind of you kind of relate in this weird kind of you feel bad for him and you want him to succeed but he's killing people you're just kind of all over the place isn't it don't you find it jarring when you read a comic and for the most part we have in our minds that you know it's a comic book right and then when it comes into this hyper gritty realistic kind of world it's like a little jarring at first right you're like this is heavy and it's adult drama and it's has suicide and murder and yeah. maybe schizophrenia because he sees a demon yeah. that talks to him. <laughs> and ultimately, that's where the premise of Killer Be Killed comes from. We're not really spoiling any, anything yeah. there, but it's he has to kill bad people or he will be killed by a demon. Yeah. After he kills him, or tries to kill himself, this demon comes and visits him. Basically said, you got to kill bad people. Yeah. Or uh, I'll yeah. eat your soul. Or I'll eat your soul. <laughs> soul. Doodle in it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Needless to say. But anyway. <laughs> so that's the number seven pick of the week. Kill or be killed. Fantastic. But you had it as your, as your number one, huh? Yeah, that was my number one. one. Yeah, I, I definitely was up there for me. Coming at number six was Doctor Strange Which, from Marvel Comics. Number ten. I, I didn't read this one. So. <gasps> How dare you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> first off, the art from Chris Pachalo is out of this world. This is the end of the arc, and ultimately the uh, this storyline so far has been magic versus science. Okay. That's what it's really, the underlying theme <laughs> of it. And this is, uh, it's sort of ending the arc here. So there's a lot that happens in the last few pages which I'm not going to discuss, but it's a fight between magic and science. And this bad guy has actually been able to kill most of the magic in the world. That's where we're at. And so he's had to sort of, Dr. Strange has had to sort of scour the earth for these last few artifacts that will help him fight this guy and keep magic alive. And, in, and partially, I think what's a seller of this book is you kind of go, maybe the world's better without magic. <laughs> and you kind of find yourself like going, well, why does he want to save that? it? It's a comic book. But it's a comic book. There's magic in it. And shiny things. Shiny. But 
the this is just sort of action from beginning to end. This is my actiony winner of the week. It's just nonstop. It's magic fighting. It's science. It's green laser beams coming out of the bad guy's eyes. It's always fun to not have to really read a comic book. You know <laughs> There's a saying? total of about 28 words in this, I think. <laughs> but I loved it. There's a scene where the bad guy crushes Doctor Strange's fingers and hands. Eesh. And you're like, that already happened to him? That's mm. kind of in his origin. Like, it, it doesn't really affect him in the way that the bad guy was hoping to affect him but it's like he's he was kind of like uh i did that all these have been broken before <laughs> nice try but what else you got yeah. but um i i just loved it it was action-packed from beginning to end end question mark no. so i definitely want to keep going i didn't feel like oh that's it i'm good i'm gonna move on if this team stays together especially with chris bocciolo and come on now guess who's writing Jason Aaron. Oh, dude, he's writing everything. Yeah, multi-Eisner award-winning Jason Aaron for everything from Star Wars to Southern Bastards to yeah. all the other comics. In the world. Star. Yeah, Star Wars. Uh, Star mm-hmm. Wars of yeah. all things. He's writing Star Wars. Yeah, Star Wars. Like, dude, come on. Yeah. Like, dude. Dude. Come on. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, a number five pick is from Action Lab Danger Zone Comics. And Mature Reader says right above there, Blood and Dust, written by Martin Orndorff, drawn by Martinez Lee. And man, let me tell you, this is like Old Man Logan, but it's Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of what it reminds me of. Very gritty, and the use of purple, the use of purple Mm -hmm. is ridiculous in this. But very hyper graphic horror in this. It says mature readers, but I didn't feel like this was over the top, insanely violent, or full of nudity or well, sexual content. You know, you open the first page and he's stabbing a kid, so it's kind of well, yeah. So but you I know, if you're familiar with Anne Rice novels, when there were vampires involved, I immediately thought the kid's probably older than the old man. Yeah, well, yeah. True. <laughs> I just thought of Anne Rice. I thought of vampire books and novels that I've read, and yeah, this is frightening and creepy, but. This Dracula-like character who is old and gray has been around for so many centuries that he's turned to sort of helping people at times. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, I do I do good, I do bad, and it kind of ends up sometimes I'm doing a lot more good than bad. Mm-hmm. So he's that complicated sort of character with a sketchy past, but he gets a visit from like a guy in the neighborhood that Kevin he... Kevin Smith. He looks exactly like <laughs> Kevin Smith. He does look like a, like a, a little <laughs> more slender Kevin Smith. Whereas the he saved his child, and this man is there to thank Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> now the town kind of knows. That's like, what are you doing, dude? Yeah, because the town kind of knows that he's a freakazoid, you know, 2.0. <laughs> but he goes there anyway, and what he gets is kind of like the origin story of Dracula, yeah. but or just a very old kind of cool, unique vampire. And I think I was just kind of. Like Jonesin for a, a good vampire story because I do like the classic monsters. You, uh, you were you were always a big fan of the uh, you know Interview with the Vampire and stuff like yes. that. The, the old vampire novels. Yes. Um, uh, this Strokers, kind of a, uh, the Dracula. Yeah, series. this was kind of a tieback to that kind of old style vamp. None of this Twilight crap. It was it was <laughs> no glitter, know, no glitter exactly, involved in this, this character. It was darker, you know, good. It was a good vampire story. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. And he carries, like, this giant scythe. Like, like yeah. And uh, great story. Like I said, uh, it's like uh, Old Man Logan, and yet it's Dracula. Mm-hmm. But, or even a cooler Dracula. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. We don't say blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> so coming in at number four is Batman. Was Batman one of yours? Uh, no, it wasn't on that. Batman Rebirth number four, and it's written by Tom King and written by... 
are drawn by Finch, Adam Finch, and or David Finch, I'm sorry. And this is also grim, dark, and very gritty. This is um, Gotham Guy and Gotham Lady. These two new sort of Superman, Superwoman-like characters, they're all their brother and sister, have come into Gotham, claiming it's sort of their city, and Batman's like, hey, hey. this <laughs> is uh, already my city. Hey, fun. Right. So this involves psycho pirate tweaking their brains, and then they go on a murder spree. Yeah, this was this was one of those um, where I was out of context for yes. most of the site. It was kind of hard for me to get what was going on. There was no pre, you know, this, you know, thing telling me what happened in the previous issues. Um, but right from the get go, the the two characters murdered like twenty seven yeah. people. Like yeah, you're yeah. like, okay, this is heavy. <laughs> And the two-page splash at the beginning where 27 people are murdered is uh, pretty gruesome. Yeah, that's a Pretty dark. Fun. So uh, that's really the gist overall, and I don't want to spoil any more because there is some, some things that happen here. But there's a sequence here where, where Alfred's left alone with Gotham Girl, and their brain's been affected by Psycho Pirate. I, like, felt the tension there. I'm like, <laughs> what the heck is Alfred doing? Like, did Alfred have some Get sort of... out of there. <laughs> yeah, does he have a... Like a like a, a like a grenade in his pocket. Does he have a way to deflect this superhero that's in the cave yeah. that's been affected by Psycho Pirate? And look at this this sequence here, where Gotham guy, Gotham man, Gotham Fucks dude, freaking beam at him. Yeah, and and Batman just sort of Neh. just turns his head to the side. He's like Neh, dodge, but I don't need even like exert a lot of energy. Just a, just an easy classic dodge. Batman, classic Batman. But what happens with that bar? Destroys the battle. <laughs> it's pretty bad. <laughs> but uh, I loved it. It continues to be fun. And I'm really just continually surprised every week that Batman Rebirth and Detective Comics are still up on the pick lists and doing really well. And it's uh, my favorite of the Rebirth. Fantastic stuff. Yep. And coming in at number three is Superman Rebirth number four. It's my second favorite Rebirth title. Yeah. Now, this, this uh, made it to your top three. Yeah, it, it was, this it was, was? It was number four, actually. Oh, it was number four. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Top four. So it, it your was number, number one, four. number one, number four have been listed. So yeah. this, for me, was my number three. And this is uh, from DC Comics, of course. Of course, uh, Peter Tomasi and Gleason. Patrick Gleason on art. And it's just, his art is gorgeous. Again, it was, it was another one of those where it was just like... Really interesting use of color. A lot of brights, yeah, and, and a lot of bright yellows and blues, and you know, it, it seemed that after reading some of the darker, more gritty titles, it was kind of nice to go to something a little bit brighter. Yes, refreshing and bright yeah. in the light, and that's what you get from this. And it's the Eradicator wreaking havoc in the Fortress of Solitude, and the Eradicator wants to eradicate the Kryptonian cells <laughs> in in Superman and Lois's son Jonathan. Yeah. This was one of those um, um, that I was out of context for again, and uh, you, you kind of he, he my, my dad had kind of explained a little bit the of gist. what what was going on uh, <laughs> before this, and uh, I cringed a little bit. Um, but, <laughs> just uh, from the just from the synapse? yeah, just from the synapse. Oh, okay. Ooh. And so. Um, you know, that's DC Comics. Well, right why? Now. Because Superman comics haven't been good for a really long time. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, so what really got me with this one was um, there was one part in this where Superman's like kind of knocked out and he has this like quick little vision. Oh, yeah, um, right over here. Yeah. yeah, he has this quick little vision of Papa Kent, you know, giving him a little pep talk. Oh, yeah. That and was, it, it was that just was like heart wrenching, wow. wasn't like, it? Yeah, it was. It was. It was tugged at the heartstrings. Yeah. And like just made you, made you kind of. You know, 
like just sad, but in the in yeah. in, in, in a way where it's just like, well, it was hopeful. He, he uses his dad as hope. You know what I mean? Like as a yeah. as a means to carry on, and and it was so cute. It, the, it was it was it was I, I in my head I pictured Kevin Costner <laughs> from Man of Steel because <laughs> Kevin music. Costner is you heard like the, the music ultimate, in your head. You're like, yeah. ding ding. <laughs> In my ding. head, in my head, Kevin Costner is the total, ding. you know, pivotal ding. farmer dad now. I guess. Yeah. So in my head, that was, I was a like perfectly Kevin fit Costner. role for yeah, him. Yeah, right? it was so perfect. Um, so they, he's like the kind of the dad you love in yeah. comics, <laughs> and they just couldn't have placed him more perfectly. And I dug even that scene that you pointed out, and the, the sort of quiet moment that he that Jonathan has with with his mom Lois, and that you know he doesn't want to be bad and and. He has to choose to be good, and it was just another and little. He zips up a Superman hoodie. Yeah, that was just great timing. <laughs> and then they and they just lay out this punch and the Eradicator <laughs> together, father and son. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I teared up a little with this one. I won't I lie. I teared up with cheese balls, man. Like I was like, oh, okay. You did? But yeah. It was it was a little corny, but I, it was it was oh. it was cool. I liked it. I love it. I think that's the the core of this story is like the family and the mother son moments, the father son moments, and that's. Truly, what it's all about, and how they harness that, like you said, with the scene with his with Papa Kent. Yeah. It's like all the the Eradicators, uh, sort of people that have died or whatever. He's yeah. harnessed their their essence like or their spirit force, or something. Yeah. That was just very very cool, and yeah. I like what the Eradicators doing here, and I really enjoy it. That's why it's my number three, definitely in the top three. And coming in at number two is Lady Killer, which is my number two also. Uh, written uh, by Dark Horse Comics, uh, Lady Killer number one, art by <laughs> uh, who is that? Uh, story and art by Joelle Jones. Yes, who is the art so winner she, of the week? She wrote and drew this. Wow, yeah, she's right. Talented. Skills, and then the cover was from Matteo Scalera with Marino Decini, which was the cover art winner of the week as well. Yeah, good good stuff. Another another good book. Like I. Um, I read this from cover to cover really fast, and, yes. and it was just really fun to look at. Um, this kind of has this '50s theme vibe to it, you know, where like you know, it's kind of the stay-at-home mom who does, you know, like yeah. kind of Cookie Lee, whatever you call those uh-huh. Avon woman, whatever. Avon calling. Yeah, and so, uh, <laughs> um, excuse me. Um, it, it was it was kind of cool to see like you know this. 50s kind of oppressed woman in a way yes. kind of kill people and, right and it was so just, she's a hit woman ultimately yeah. and the volume one of this was fantastic eisner, eisner winning and it was uh, much along the same vein of she was more involved in an organization of hit people yeah, men and women i never read any of this yeah i, didn't I had to give you that synapse yeah. and i think that i did a good job at that because you <laughs> liked it but uh yeah that she's involved with this organization and it's her sort of uh it, it was like her defecting her leaving that organization and a great series. Check out volume one of of Lady Killer. It was really good. Well, this is like now she's on her own. Yeah. And I love this little Tupperware party she's having and the use of sound when she opens up a Tupperware piece and it's all like, <laughs> like a fart. Yeah. Like they just they, even the use of sound effects, like top top notch there for the lettering. And uh, and yeah, so she's in this Tupperware party. Everything is so squeaky clean, so 40s, 50s, yeah. you, you know, Americana, and all these these housewives sitting Old around ladies right. talking about gossip and blue-haired ladies yeah. and, and yeah. Tupperware and gossip. And 
it quickly goes into she has to <laughs> murder one when of the I women. Over, when I opened this page, I was like, what the? Like, she's in her underwear. Is an older lady sitting in a toilet. Yeah. yeah. It was all kind of clean cut and what the hell's going on. And then you see an yeah. old woman sitting on a toilet. It's kind of a haunting visual. That yeah. It's tough that's like to get seeing, like, That's like seeing your great-grandmother sitting on the yeah. toilet. Like, dude, you don't want to see that. Like, and you see on. the underwear. like, Yeah. It, yeah, it's just kind of gross, right? <laughs> But like look, the at the, look at the look at the hyper like, oh. detail of even the small panels, yeah. right? So you see the wallpaper; it's distinguishable. Yeah, you nice. re- see the lines on the floor. Every little attention to detail. Look at the rose wallpaper in this <laughs> yeah. particular panel; like it is heavy. And yeah, she has to murder people, and she this woman she murders, she has to and... she has to hide the body, and it's. I, I found myself though feeling like that I am not rooting for this woman. Yeah. I mean, she's like you know attractive housewife in the forties, whatever. Yeah. But I'm sort of like it's like that Dexter yeah. feel for me. Yeah. And am I rooting for Dexter or am, am I really wanting this woman to yeah. be caught and sent to jail or, or here's shot? What was even more shocking to me? I didn't even read Lady Killer Volume One, so yeah. like I was like, dude, what the hell? She just killed someone. Yeah. Like in my head, I was like, who is this lady? And what then I quickly realized that. She's a hit woman. She's killing people for Yeah, there's no like previously on volume one here oh, no, or anything. Yeah. I didn't, I felt like I didn't need it. It was cool to see a, a, what seems like a helpless little, you know, frail little woman from the 50s yeah. just all of a sudden murder someone. Like it was crazy looking. And very little dialogue overall. Yeah, yeah. you can, I, I, re, I read this probably three or four times, but it's just got that Americana feel in their house when they're having like a barbecue and it she totally has to. It looks like the Brady Bunch house, too. Yeah, she's got to keep up appearances, <laughs> right? Yeah. And make everything so clean and squeaky and like, and sort of uh, be the subservient uh, to her husband when she's yeah. really this like, you know, powerhouse of a strong woman that's <laughs> murdering people for money. Husband, yeah. yeah, and then she, they have that horrible neighbor that comes over for dinner. I love this. Yeah, isn't that his boss? Was... Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. the boss. And he's just this womanizing, horrible alcoholic yeah. that's driving in the car. You know, there's almost no one you like in this, but her little kids, maybe, right? If a likable character. Sort of, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, the husband's oblivious. Dirt. Like, come on, they're playing with dirt. Like, get out of the dirt, little kids. Come they on. didn't have very much back then. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't, that's what people, kids played with in the 50s, with dirt. dirt. That's why you hear, like, grandpa and grandparents on. now that were young in the 50s, like, we played with dirt. <laughs> that's what we had, was dirt. And sometimes we wet the dirt. And we'd shape the dirt. Into more dirt. And then we went and washed our hands. Like that was their day. <laughs> but I, I just, I loved it. It's gruesome. It's dark and it's gritty. And I'm not rooting for her. But it's so beautiful in art and the eyes. Like it's just the storytelling and the eyes that's going on here. Thank you, Joelle Jones. Beautiful, Good stuff. beautiful Good stuff. piece Good of art. That's why it's my number two. But for me, the number one pick of the week from Marvel Comics Moon Knight, number five, written by Jeff Lemire, art by the fantastic Greg Smallwood. A couple of pages from Wilfredo Torres and Francisco Francovia, and even a little help from uh, James Stokey, who did the color as well, and Jordi, Jordi Belair. Come on now, Eisner, awarding, uh, Eisner award-winning colorist. She's fantastic. She colors everything. Jason Aaron writes everything. She colors everything. <laughs> But uh, this was your pick of what, number... It was my number three pick. Number three yeah, pick. So, uh, just a quick rundown on my list. Number four Do it. was... Uh, Go four to one. Okay. Well, number four was <laughs> Superman. Nice. Number three 
was Moon Knight, and number mm-hmm. two was Lady Killer. Number one was Killer Be Killed. So, oh, so we had both had number two as Lady Killer. Yeah. So Superman, Moon Knight, Lady Killer, Killer Be Killed. Well, this was the end of the arc for Moon Knight number five, so it was my number one pick of the week. Another out of context read for me. What did you think of uh, seeing it out of context? What were some of your thoughts? It there? was trippy. It felt yeah. like I just dropped acid. <laughs> um, um, it, it, yeah, you open the book and it's just kind of like, what the hell happened? Like Moon Knight's talking to Moon Knight. Like, what the hell? What do you think of that color style with the Moon Knight character? Awesome! Right? I loved it. Yeah, the whites on the on the red backgrounds and it's like just he, he almost just looks like like he doesn't belong. Like the whites are just crazy looking. Like like they're out of like a black black and white movie screen or something. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, it's weird looking. It's, it was cool. It really jumps out. The white just contrasts so heavily with uh, you know beyond everything else. Whereas the background of it's so kind of drab and gray in yeah. ways, but the contrast of his character so in in issue four he uh again uh, this quick synapse he escapes from a mental ward the new york looks like it's being run over by pyramids and egyptian hieroglyphics and and pharaohs and mummies etc but is he really is he really seeing that is he schizophrenic you don't really know so he's down now where he's going into the pyramid to kind of fight the big baddie and he sees himself (laughs) moon knight moon knight sees moon knight and it just furthers that, that, does he have multiple personality disorder? Is he schizophrenic? Is he on acid? What is this? Is it a dream sequence? <laughs> Jeff Lemire is really playing around with that. And you really just are sort of mystified and confused. And and then this goes through this panel where he's like running and goes through this door and he's like on the moon. Yeah. The, the, the transitions of art were just nuts. Like yeah. it, it was really cool to see. Uh, if if I had an art winner, this would probably be my art winner because it was just all over the place. You didn't crazy pick an looking. art winner. I I didn't. Oh, this will oh. be my art winner. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Just picked it right now. Yeah. But yeah, the Wilfredo Torres uh, double splash where he just steps in through this door and he's on the moon and he's wearing an a, an astronaut yeah. outfit all of a sudden. <laughs> Furthers that this guy's mental, but it looks yeah. gorgeous. And then he's fighting or these he's running away from like these moon wolves, <laughs> like what. <laughs> Like moon wolves look crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. And and then he's like on a movie set, and he's this like all of a sudden just a director. He's just tripping all he's over the place. He's just tripping all over the place. That's and then, my favorite one. Right and there. this panel is where uh, Francisco Franco Villa, who's just doing Afterlife with Archie, which is gorgeous, goes into this total like Watchmen '70s style with very like <laughs> neon looks to it. I just picture like that scene from Sin City where they go into the into the hooker area. Oh yeah. You know where it's just like that weird like trumpet and. The, like just all the sexy kind of like jazz music playing, like porn music. Exactly, all yeah. <laughs> so that's all I pictured. It's like, like exactly. Exactly. well, there is a thing that says XXX right there. Yeah, like it's, yeah. But uh, but change of styles again. So you're just like, yeah. my goodness, this guy's really awesome. tripping. Yeah, it was, it was cool. That was my favorite page, though. That was definitely. A, and then he it just goes into this crazy scenario, yeah. colorful blues, reds, greens. Yeah, like every color. Yeah, on this it was page, just a right? rainbow of craziness. In this like night with like these neon reflections. Yeah. In the '70s, just gorgeous. Check out, check this out. It's just fantastic. And so uh, I, that's where I'm gonna kind of leave you because uh, this is the end question mark maybe, of an arc. And so I, I've got to continue it. I hope the team is staying on. I mean, I really do. But I have loved this journey. I love this arc. This this whole. I mean, every single issue. I think one through five, one through four before yeah. this have been either the top pick or in the top picks. So it's been yeah, you've, phenomenal. You've liked Moon Knight for quite a while now. I remember that being a couple of your picks. Yes. But uh, this was, uh, being out of context, picking this one up, 
the art did it for me. It was just the art held the whole book together. Um, you all, you honestly don't need to know what the hell is going on just to yeah. enjoy the art because the art uh, it was just phenomenal. Those, yeah. the, those pages, every time he switched scenarios, it was just crazy looking, and you're just like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. And like. That's the whole point of the book is what the hell is going on. Yep. And I liked that because you could just you could interpret anything out of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was really fun, kind of kind of read for someone who's just jumping on. Doesn't it make you want to jump and grab one through four and read the whole thing yeah, together? Yeah, just to see what the hell's happening. Yeah. It, It'll be a great yeah. uh, collection, right? Trade Definitely. like graphic novels. Definitely. Just grab. If they if they run yeah. that in a in a in a trade, that'd be such a, a grab. For yeah, me. no brainer. I would even, I think, grab this and one I would maybe collect in a hardcover or a special edition or whatever. Is that this good? just is that good to me. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I'm really glad that I, I got them. They're fantastic. And I've thank you for everyone that's given me positive feedback on this pick. I've had some people reach out to me recently saying, like, I've read it because of Sunspot's comics. So I'm glad you listen and thank you. And I hope you enjoy Moon Knight because it's been amazing. I'm going to keep going. We'll see where it goes from here. Yeah. But uh, there you go. That's yeah. the uh, That's our show. That was fun, right? Yeah, it was real fun. <laughs> thanks again for coming. Like, no thanks. Problem. I have a the, like a great time with you here. Yeah, it's always it's always fun to come whenever I can. I, you know, schedules and stuff. It, it's tough to come, but I, every time I do, I always have a really good time. Thanks, and let's let's get you on here on a more of a regular basis. I yeah, appreciate hopefully. it. But there you go. There's the there's my favorite picks for a new comic book day, August third. Please go to your local comic book shop, and buy those immediately. Support. Yeah. Comics. Do it. Um, I've said before that I want to get back into into reading comic books and you Good. know working school and stuff. Mission kind of, accomplished. It, it's, it's been hard. It's been hard to get into it, but I'm I'm trying as hard as I can to read as much as I can to be involved with the podcast as much as I can. So uh, look forward to that. Yes. Uh, moving forward. Well, that ties right into what this is all about. It's just about me telling you and and giving you the, the sharing the love that I have for comic books and hopefully inspire you to. Walk to a local comic book shop and just buy some stuff. Take my list. Do it. And yes, and please, if you have any questions, comments, or you want a personal comic book recommendation, just email me directly, chris at sunspotscomics.com. If I choose your email and I discuss it on a podcast, I will send you a little free comic book prize as a thank you from me personally. And if you don't get it, then I will get it. Oh, boy. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, um, please sign up for uh, our email newsletter, sunspotscomics.com slash contact. Uh, we'll send you some fun stuff, and please tune in next week, yes. where we will, well, most prob- most likely Dad, will be reading <laughs> Maybe 12 both. new comic books <laughs> for August 10th, so a smaller week. And uh, Yeah, the last three weeks have been like 18, 20, yeah. yeah. And yeah, so do it. Yes, and they're in there next week there's like three new number ones I'm hoping to get to tell you about those. Hopefully if my local comic book shop will uh, do that. Did you hear, by the way, that... Uh, they're going through some changes at our my oh, really? comic book shop. Yeah, I'll tell you about that later. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so thank you again so much for listening. And please, if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to help uh, me and help us out, just go to iTunes and give us a five-star review. We'd really, really appreciate it. So thank you very much. And of course, see you next week. And be like water, my friends. Be water. Hola. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Looking for a place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where love no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow It's Sunspots Comics now